If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. I've got to start uh, with this question. Were you conceived after a particularly great dinner party? Where did this, like, (laughs) deep obsession with dinner parties begin? I I was not, but I definitely, (laughs) the hearth in my house was the happiest place. Mm. You know, my mother is a daughter of immigrants, Mm. and so my house on Sundays in particular always had someone visiting so we always had a big event on Sunday, a big meal, and uh, that was just such a place of levity and joy, and sometimes we did discuss you. Hey everyone, it's Dylan, and the dinner party evangelist that you're hearing is Brendan Francis Noonan. They weren't actual dinner parties because they're primarily family. Dinner parties need to be under 50% family for them to really qualify. You know, a dinner party is a very elastic concept. A lot of things some people consider them elitist, although, you know, you can have a pizza at your dinner party. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a Back in 2011, Brendan launched and hosted a public radio show called Dinner Party Download. It was a show about movies, music, books, culture, and, of course, dinner parties. And Brendan was riding high, loving life, and having all of these incredible conversations with all kinds of amazing people. Angelica Houston came on. Randy Newman was hysterical. Uh, really kind. I find the older older guests, Al Pacino, were just very comfortable just, uh, you know, ignoring their publicist and, and speaking honestly. Oh, man, where did this guy come from? Where the f*** is... Yeah. I don't want to know where. <laughs> I don't know. But in 2017, the show's production was halted, and Brendan felt a little bit lost. Also, a relationship, a pretty big relationship, ended at the time. So I found myself with a lot of free time, a lot of uh, brooding time. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's and, always good uh, <laughs> when you have a lot of brooding time. That's good. Yeah. It's a good period of life. You're like, oh, I just got these free hours to ruminate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, during that brooding time, I did have occasional um, elements of uh, inspiration. And there had been this travel show I'd always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I finally had a little a free lane to kind of go for it. So tell us about that project. It's called Not Lost. I've gotten to listen to it. And it's just like a great show. What is it? What's what's it all about? What's it all about? Such a big question. <laughs> uh, it, well, it is a travel show. We hit towns. We do the things. Uh, if you listen to it, you'll learn about interesting places to go. But it also has a bit of a heart. I think what, what differentiates it is uh, I do it with a co-host. Most episodes, it's Danielle Henderson, who's a wonderful writer. Yeah. She has a memoir called The Ugly Cry, which is fantastic. And when we started the show, we were both in the middle of our lives. We were both single. 
all our friends were getting married, having babies. And so during these travels, we're uh, a little more introspective than your average host. Yeah. And so the show is a travel show, but it's about people going places they haven't been to find themselves. So Yeah, I have some more questions about that later. But uh, you, you went to a place, you went to an extremely Atlas Obscura place, a place that I have been, that I, that I love. Uh, we're going to play a clip in a moment, but can, can you kind of set the clip up for us? Yeah. So in our, our third episode, we go to Portland, Maine. This is a place I'd always wanted to live but I'd never been. That was the rub. I had this fantasy in my head. Ah, fresh air, affordable real estate, uh, healthy people, good food. So I went up with Danielle, my my traveling companion this episode. And one of the places that just caught my eye was the Museum of the Umbrella Cover. So not the umbrella, which is interesting enough, the umbrella cover. It's on an island right outside Portland, Peaks Island, which isn't very far from Portland. You know, you've been. Uh, And so I think what you're going to hear is we go on the ferry to visit this museum. All right. So let's listen to this scene from Not Lost. It was time to pick up Danielle and head to the city's waterfront. It's chilly today. Would you call it an imperfect storm? I would call it drizzle. Grizzly Whatever Saturday. happened to post-shizzle, my nizzle? <laughs> Why are people saying that? I mean, I'm not in the position to bring it back, you know? I think it's because white people started saying it. I know, I think we killed it. And everyone's like, oh, no, we can't. I think there's a list of where I have a question while we're on that topic. On fleek? What about it? Are you allowed to say that? You're not allowed to say it. <laughs> After spending our first day in mainland Portland, we thought we'd visit one of the city's surrounding islands. Hi. Hi. Going to Peaks Island? Okay. It's going to be, you said Peaks, right? Yes. 2310. Okay. And where is it? Depart okay, from? Gate number five. Thank you. There you go. You're all set. Thanks a lot. It's crazy that here in the ferry terminal, the most prominent display are real estate boards. Because it's people so like cool. you and I fantasizing, I guess. Let's look at houses. Whoa. I could really almost live here really could. You could live on Peaks Island at least. I don't think I could live here. Why not? Because it reminds me of places I've already been. I know that small town, small city life, and that's yeah. not what I'm looking for right now. Yeah, yeah. This is your first and final boarding call for Peaks Island to gate number five. This is your first and final boarding call for Peaks Island only at gate number five. Um, if that's not Portland, is it? Does this count as an island if it's so close? Yeah. I feel like there's, I've been in, under, in the subway going from Brooklyn to Manhattan longer. <laughs> no, this is it. Peaks Island. We're, we're, right. we're rolling up. How do you do? Suspicious. I'm Nancy. Why do you look suspicious? Hi, I'm Danielle. Danielle. You're wearing an umbrella hat. Yeah. And then you're wearing purple, a purple uh, polar fleece. Yeah. And what are these pants? These are African pants, and they actually have umbrellas on them kind of hidden in all this pattern. Wow. So this is the spot. This is the museum. Um, So welcome to the world's only umbrella cover museum, where you'll see there are hundreds, probably about 700 umbrella covers on display in this little tiny space. Wow. Nancy Three Hoffman. How to describe her? Well, she spells her middle name with the number three. That should give you an idea. Nancy shows us around her museum, which doesn't take long, because it's one small room the size of a closet. I'm imagining you collected umbrella covers personally before you started displaying them? Exactly. I got curious about umbrella covers after I cleaned out my house one day and found some umbrella covers. (laughs) And I just said to myself, hmm, do other people have the same problem? Which is 
Will I ever use these little things again? Are they just too hard to get back on the umbrella to even bother with? And if so, why were they even created? I use my umbrella covers. Ah, you're one of the 12% of people. <laughs> Danielle, there are very few people that actually conscientiously use really? their umbrella covers. The thing I like to show people is our mission statement, which is about appreciating the mundane, finding wonder and beauty in the simplest of things, and knowing that there is always a story behind the cover. How many umbrella covers do you have? I have 2,000 cataloged umbrella covers in this museum, more or less. Well, when I heard about the museum, one of the things that attracted me to it was this kind of, my mind immediately went to kind of Zen Buddhism, and this, uh, there's way more mundane things that happen to us than, than epic mm. big things. Mm. And do you find that people come here sometimes with an element of reverence, or, or is it always whimsy? Uh, mostly whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good try, Brendan. Good try. <laughs> but, and excitement. You know, enthusiasm. And, and it's hard to say because people are touched. It's about attitude. Right. Uh, I had a friend who was very depressed, and that mission statement has helped her through some of her depressed times. Not to be too grandiose about it, but, but it is about how appreciating the simple things, as you were describing, mm -hmm. can remind you that, yes, we have to plod through some of these things in life, but we can take a breath and, and enjoy any moment that we can. Just let a smile be your umbrella on a rainy, rainy day. And if your sweetie cries, just tell her that a smile will always pay. So this Whoa. case has some of our most exciting umbrella covers in it. Is that made out of candy wrappers? Yep, it's a gum wrapper chain umbrella cover. Um, I have a lot from England. I have some from the Olympics, Team Great Britain. Mm. Do you want to see the sexy room? We'll just look at the sexy room, sure. <laughs> you <know>? Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. This looks like, look, sex, sexy covers. What is just a thong? That's a thong. How That's is that not an umbrella, an umbrella cover? cover. What's it covered with? Oh my oh. goodness. Umbrellas. As Nancy played, it occurred to me that the Museum of the Umbrella Cover is one of those Warrens Michelle told us about, a place where a passionate enthusiast burrowed in and built their own little world. I'm glad it exists, but it made me wonder whether I was ready to park somewhere quiet and lose myself in a project. Yeah, Portland's cool. How do you, how do you feel about it? Could you live here? I'm still on the fence. It's like Michelle was saying last night about, she mentioned how people stay in their little mouse or rat dens and warrens and don't come out. Like, I feel like I'd have to have a partner if I want, if that's what I want in my life or a family already. I like don't you know. wouldn't meet anybody here? Yeah, not to that level. I don't know. Um, and I like knowing the vanguard about what's about to happen. And I feel like here it takes a while for that to get up here. What is that? It's like a brick building in the middle of the water yeah, that looks kind of empty. and oh, That's crazy. It's like an old prison. Yeah. That'd be a dope house. If I could live there, I'd move here. <laughs> While Danielle was inspired by the house on the island, for me, it symbolized the isolation I might feel if I lived here. People are the thing I nerd out on. And for now, I want to be in a place where there are lots of them. And I want to travel to meet even more. Traveling, not burrowing, is where I'm at. Well, dinner parties and traveling. Nancy. <laughs> Nancy three. 
I just love her. And I love places like that. That's like, it was so fun to hear that. What a, what a beam of sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, the show's an interesting thing because it feels like it's doing two things at once. Like, on the one hand, there is this real sense of whimsy to the show itself. Like, you and Danielle are having a great time. There's, like, so much fun and delight between you two. But there's also... Like this real touch of like melancholy, like there's this I sort of a beautiful touch of melancholy, but it's that sense of traveling and wanting to be a part of it, but being on the outside of it, wanting to like stay, but also do the next thing. Is that like a part of what you're trying to explore in the show? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think about the first time I ever traveled significantly was when I was a little kid, went to England. And I remember thinking I was like nine being like, what? This exists? Like they didn't tell me about this. I want all this. And then it occurs to me there might be another place I didn't know about. Hmm. And then that keeps me going. So I'm never really quite satisfied. So that certainly is a certainly is an engine I come by honestly, the wanderlust. It's it's I, I guess a variant of FOMO. I'd like to think it's more uh substantial than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More more driven by the heart and soul and completely. There's this moment obviously where you talk about like seeing the real estate boards being like, oh, I could really I could live here and you know, I think it's something most people experience when they travel and you're sort of like going through this process of like, oh, if I lived here, if Brendan was in Portland, who would that be? If Brendan was in Bozeman, uh, who would I be? Big Sir Brendan. He's obviously like um, super surfer dude, like <laughs> b- totally blissed out. Yeah. It sounds like you're in a, like a stable place in your life, but how much of the show is also like about exploring Brendan? To be honest, yeah, it's a lot, a fair amount. All the places I went to, I would... Seriously consider Montreal, Bozeman, New Orleans. I was curious about them. Some of them I'd visited before, some of them I hadn't. All of them were in the realm of possibility of me living there. So it was Mm. certainly a little bit of me beta testing. Yeah. Do you ever meet a Brendan in your travels that you're surprised by? We were just like, oh my God, like I feel such a strong pull. Like I I feel (laughs) really shocked like about what this place makes me uh, feel. Uh, Not really. I mean, I I went back to Big Sur for one of the last episodes and that's a place I'd been to a bunch. And I think it would surprise some of my New York friends or the people that know me as maybe a martini swilling. um, Dinner party hosting. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, dinner, London Review of Books reader that I really like it there. And, and And I need that kind of grandeur, that sort of nature I find very restorative. And so being reminded of that uh, ballast in my life was, was, was nice, you know, that I can, you know, I don't just have to be one type. This is like one of those things you'd see on a mug or next to one of those live, laugh, love signs. But, you know, sometimes you got to get lost, uh, you know, to find yourself. The only way you can feel not lost is to get lost. You know what I'm saying? I think there's truth to that. You know, find yourself in places you've never been. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I find the disorientation of travel still one of the most intoxicating highs. Mm. Um, I find it's the laziest form of learning. I mean, I still get a kick at looking at candy bar wrappers from a different country. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't imagine I'm ever, I hope I don't grow numb to it because it's really an important part of my process. <laughs> one of the, one of the laziest forms of learning is such a good way to describe travel. <laughs> that explains why I like it so much. Oh, one of the laziest forms of learning. <laughs> well, I really, I love the podcast. I love what you're up to. And I've had a great time talking with you. Dylan, thanks. It's an honor to be here. Brendan Francis Noonan is the host of Not Lost, which you can find on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. And it is produced by Pushkin Industries. The excerpt you heard today, that is from Pizza Party, the Portland, Maine episode. 
And it was produced by Tally Abacassis, and it featured Brendan and his friend, writer Danielle Henderson. Check out our show notes, where we dropped a link to the Atlas Obscura entry for the Umbrella Cover Museum. It is absolute gem. It is such a fun place. She's such a fun lady. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Te presentamos a la familia Rubio. Ellos hacen todo en familia. Rompecabezas, viajes a Walmart, ejercicios, cocinamos, todo. Y cuando supieron que la farmacia de Walmart tiene vacunas para todas las edades, desde HPV hasta neumonía, pues nos fuimos en familia a vacunarnos. Y de una vez hicimos nuestras compras. Like, obvio, Abu. <risas> Protege a tu familia con vacunas para todos. Haz una cita hoy con los farmacéuticos expertos de Walmart Pharmacy. Bienvenido a una farmacia más simple. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Sujetas a disponibilidad y ley estatal aplicable. Se aplican restricciones según la edad. Pregúntale a tu farmacéutico por detalles.